Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, and welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah, joined by... Brad. Steven, yay! Oh hey, look here. at that! He's really here. Steven is really here, and Woo-hoo. not just in, over Skype. Steven, the physical human being. Yes, bad breath and all. Yes, you can touch him. Biological oh. Steven. Mm-hmm. You can reach through and grab me. How How did this happen? How uh, are you here? That did. Well, we have, we have an upcoming podcast with a guest that I worked out that I, I, had, I had to go the extra mile to get here and also um we needed specific napkin rings from crate and barrel that i had to come into the city and get so oh so all that shit about you joining a band in williamsburg and leaving your family and that's all yeah no true. i'm a fucking grown-up why and would i do that you didn't get a busboy job over at fucking the bar down the i street. was a busboy <laughs> in college thank you very much we've all worked the restaurant field i think john did you ever work in a restaurant Never worked in a, a restaurant. bar. You You're not a, a whole person, dude. No, unless ne- you've worked have. in the service I never industry. Worked in the ser- I've only- what did you do? You were you were a DJ. I was at a, a bar. bus boy. Oh, no, I'm talking in high school. I was a bus boy. I was a bus boy in college. And then summer after high school, I was like a waiter. Ooh, yeah, baby, moving on up in a shitty tourist restaurant where that was crazy. It was it was insane. What was that? What was their cuisine at this restaurant? It was like just kind of American pub fare. I remember that the most the most expensive thing on the dish was uh like broiled bay scallops and one of the one of the waiters that had been there for a while showed me the trick how like if it came back and like you know cuz they were covered in breadcrumbs and they'd only eaten half and the breadcrumb covering was intact and the other half you could pick away at it and it was okay cuz they were untouched. It's these, you know. And still eat it or serve it to so someone else. Eat it. <laughs> so we'd stand in the back like you know service area where the dirty dishes were and like pick little bay scallops out from the breadcrumbs and eat them i worked at a restaurant in college there i was the host but the host also was the bus boy so you were like i'll give, <laughs> bring it to your table and then i'll clean up your shit afterwards. really yeah <laughs> super classy i for some reason cannot pick i feel like you would be so snarky it was pretty bad <laughs> um but it was the host part was funny because people were genuinely nice. You know, they wanted to be seated. Someone was cool. I remember some old dude with a giant gin blossom came with his wife and he went, if you point her to the restroom, me to the bourbon, we'll get right to it. And I went, whatever you need, I will bring to your table. You are the captain of this house. Like, I love you. But then one of the, but then some of the, I was only, some of the waiters were kind of snotty to me. And one guy was so rude to me. And then I found out he was an X-Men fan. 
<laughs> and I went up and I like dropped something. He went, oh, you. Wait, a waiter was an X-Men fan? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was an X-Men fan. He was like, he was like, you don't put the glasses in like this, he said to like my boss, but I was standing right there. So I followed him to his table and went, you have anything to say, say right to me in front of all the customers. Not cool on my part. <laughs> he wasn't cool, but you know, two wrongs don't make anything except more wrong. And uh, then I found out like he was like brilliant at the X-Men. And so one day he's putting stuff away and I went, what'd you think of that episode, that issue with Gambit? I think that was cool. He was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I read it too. We cool now? No, you're still a dick. But <laughs> do you think working as a host at a restaurant um, helped you prepare for hosting on television? Completely, because I had to talk into a microphone, and and people could hear. Uh, oh, you did for yeah, real? Yeah, wow. but this was also, and and it also added to the fact that this was a, a country western bar. No way. Yes, and people would go to the jukebox and constantly play "Boot Scoot and Boogie." By Brooks and Dunn. Oh my God. But I knew where the button on the back of the jukebox was to stop and skip to the next song, <laughs> which I would do constantly because <laughs> I'm a dickhead. <laughs> and you lasted. I mean, this is the industry where you get fired more than you get basically more than you work. Yeah. No, and you I, didn't get fired. No, I didn't get fired. I ended that. up quitting. I've been wow. fired from my share of gigs. Everybody should be fired for, I'm a fired for every gig I've been in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've been fired with you. Consistency yeah, is is important. It's good to be. You should. Everybody should be fired at least once. You should know what it feels you like. You should be fired. Yep. You should be fired and punched in the face. Uh great segue because <laughs> we talk about getting punched on the face during this podcast. <gasps> Can you believe it? <laughs> with Creepoid. With Creepoid. Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, that shit. Anna Accidental pa- segue. Anna and Pat from Creepoid came by. I met them. I saw them when they were on tour with Jenny Owen Youngs and against me. Yeah. They uh, and we played a bunch of shows with them. They played. They played with us at South by Southwest. They're great, but Pat always has the craziest stories. Like you'll be like, "Hey, do you know this guy?" It's like, "Oh yeah, like I saw him like break a bottle and like fight someone at a bar with it, or like their guitar player like jumped out of a tree and broke his arm the day before." Like they always, they're the day before a tour. Yeah, they're all. But they they tell these stories like it's like no big deal. So I was like, forever, I've been like, you guys just have to come on the podcast. And they had to, they're in Philly now. They used to be in Savannah. So they came up and did uh, it. Both and good did towns. It. Yeah. I take and Savannah over Philly. No offense, Philly. I think they were in Philly, then went to Savannah, and then moved back to Philly. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, they had so many great stories. So it was cool to finally get them in here. Savannah and, Island Town, technically. Yeah? Technically an island. Interesting. Who cares? <clears throat> so it's not on a Savannah. No, it's not. Mm, it's on an island. Is that joke I got about, that wrong. What's that joke about the word island? Is that like, I can't remember somebody, something I read on the internet. It was like, the first person to see an island said, what do we call this? Uh, well, it's land. Well, okay, we'll call it is land. That's cool. <laughs> nah, no, that's too easy. We got to fuck it up a little more. <laughs> island. Um, but yeah, so. That was a third grade joke if I ever heard one. That's why you were laughing. <laughs> Yes, Creepo's <laughs> record is called Cemetery High Rise Slum. Uh, it's awesome. Kind of shoegazy, super heavy. You said that in a shoegazy kind of way. Yeah. Shoegazy. Um, but <laughs> they're great. I just saw them play in Brooklyn. It was super fun. In April, they're playing Union Transfer, very cool venue in Philly with The Kills, featuring Alison Mossart from Discount. Um, even though she never talks about how she was in Discount. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. Let's get there. Creepoid, let's hear it. Creepoid, let's hear it. So what's up? We're here with Anna and Pat from Creepoid. Hey. How's it going? And Norman's here. Norman, guest hosting. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love guest hosting. I love it when you guest host. <laughs> That's because I make your job lazier. You Ooh. do. You do. Norman knows like I never like get prepared for anything. And then Norman will come with like a list of like super interesting, well thought out questions. He's like, what do you think of these? I'm like, those are all great. <laughs> I was also thinking those in the back of my head. So I'm yeah. glad you wrote them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. funny because that's our exact dynamic is like, you know, I shoot from the hip completely and Anna would be would have a list and be like, that's, no, this is what we're doing. That's a big picture. I'm in details. Yeah. It's good. It's good, you guys. Oh, that's an interesting Can you move that closer? Think about it, Just, actually. Yeah. yeah. Like I focus, I tend to hone in on the, the small things, but he's more like five steps ahead in the future yeah. and I have to catch up. Yeah. I'm like, well, what about this? I was always curious. Were you guys together before you were in the band mm-hmm. or after yeah before we were in the band yeah we were together um when we were young um 18 years old yeah. and then i moved to italy and then he moved to texas so we weren't together for like five years and then we reconnected <laughs> on myspace yeah shut up <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah we had like we were just talking about this last night i was like did you friend me or did i friend you i think you friended me I'd never sure. had any social media. And I think it was funny that my girlfriend at the time like gave me shit. So like that's why I got a MySpace page. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, yeah. And she was she was in a bunch of bands and wrote a bunch of records about me like over this like talking shit and stuff, but whatever. <laughs> See, I think MySpace I when MySpace was a thing, I used to I was single mm-hmm. and I would be like I don't know anybody who's actually met. I mean, other than like creepy stories you would hear. Yeah. But like, you know, it wasn't like it replaced Friendster. I don't think you were yeah. you on Friendster. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember Friendster. Yeah. I mean, Friendster felt more like a meat market to mm-hmm. me. That was like a good place. Yeah, Makeout make Club. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't on Friendster. I was on Makeout Club though. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, never, I never did. I feel like all club. these sites people would be like. Um, like I met all these girls I'm like all I like see are photos of people's cats and shit like, I was like I'm always doing it wrong I know like, you were on Meowspace oh my god Meowspace <laughs> 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 it was a couple letters off yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, no we, we actually Anna and I played in a band together before we were married um, called The G and we did an LP and it was like kind of noisy just like pop rock well, stuff yeah, I just completely made noise on and, a, and i never on a played keyboard. a band like, before. i had no idea what <laughs> yeah. i was doing i, I was a landscaper in philly and i i found a circuit bent keyboard on the side of the road someone was throwing it out and it was like just total trash noises and i was like all right here just, <laughs> just plug this into this amp our first and- live show he's like i'm like what am i doing you're like just do it how do we feel like i was like all right and that show was with sean miller's other band yeah that was the first night i'm i met sean and pat's introduction to me sean was from across the room he's like that's sean we don't really get along but i respect him <laughs> so i was like all right, yeah. all right go meet this guy yeah and then we ended up that band broke up and we got married and then sean came to visit us and it snowed a blizzard happened in manioc and philly on the hills so you couldn't get cars in and out, and like the bars just stay open because the cops can't do anything because there's so much great. snow. So it's just <laughs> like, like lawless, you know what wow. I mean? People so, driving like those yeah ATVs and ATVs stuff like up your hills, and, yeah. like little kids. Yeah, so like Sean got str- like stuck at our house, and we had a old uh, uh, sound of mu- what is it? Is it? Sound of music tape machine. Yeah. It was like a quarter inch tape machine. It was like busted, and Sean's acoustic guitar and all of our old band's equipment. So we actually wrote. And recorded our whole first seven inch in those like three days in that 
as how like Creepoid even like started as a band and oh, stuff. Wow. So it was, it was but cool. so wait, you didn't know what you were doing. Though. Anna no, didn't, didn't even do play anything. bass. Yeah, she didn't do anything. Uh, first, did you play the, the noise machine on Creepoid? No, no. Was that it? <laughs> they were just the two of them. It was wrote everything. And Sean then and I. Yeah. Sean was like, "Well, it'd be cool if like we had like another vocal," and they were like. Can Anna sing? Pat's Come like, downstairs. Yeah, she can sing. <laughs> like, I do not know how to sing at all, but like, sure. Like, I'll try. Yeah. And then we called our buddy Pete, and Pete came and put like slide guitar and stuff. So it was like, we were like, oh, we got something here. And Anna actually played all of our Tom first Tom. shows. We would sit down when we'd play, like, and we we had a a. a, a bed sheet that i soaked in a bucket of bleach for a couple of days so it was like falling apart and like see-through and we would put it in front of us and put projections and we didn't want anyone to know who we were so like all of our original stuff is like it's all secret like it's this new band you know and then sean we were, is very shy yeah sean <laughs> it, was all, it was like that was that the real reason yeah, yeah. That's part of, I mean, if you look at the first the first couple shows we played without it's the like curtain sean is like wrapped in a hoodie like you can barely see his yeah. face it looks like the unabomber but yeah they when the songs were written the the bass was passed back and forth originally between uh, sean and pete yeah. and they would just alternate who played guitar and who played bass and then finally like Pete was just like, if you could just learn to play bass, like that would just make this a lot easier <laughs> on everybody. You so, were playing, you started yeah, just, rehearsing, you were playing shows within like a month. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And then there's been, uh, that was four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that is wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anna, Anna never played an instrument until. Like, but I feel then. like that probably happens like a lot. Yeah. You yeah. know, like Definitely. I, was, I always, for some reason, when you were telling the story about the the keyboard mm-hmm. thing or whatever, like <laughs> I was thinking of the first time I saw Vampire Weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I remember, so it was at the East River band shell. They right. weren't, they hadn't broke yet. You know, mm-hmm. there were still just a bunch of people and like Ralph Lauren closed dancing to them. Like when they were, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but like I remember just being incensed by two things that were going on. So one was that like before they even went on, I looked at the way the drummer had set up his kit, and mm-hmm. I was like, "No good drummer would ever set up their kit like that." <laughs> yeah. I I don't know who this guy is, but I know he's not good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think he's changed his setup since. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But funny. the second thing I remember was that uh, the keyboard player, you know, he only had this like tiny like casio kind mm-hmm. of keyboard and this like it, i mean it was it was kind of cute in a weird yeah. way because yeah. it was just like boo, <laughs> boo, like just like one finger yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like oh he doesn't really know how to play oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's adorable yeah. and i would have one whole hand on one end of the keyboard mashing a bunch of them <laughs> and a tambourine going and singing backup vocals and it was awesome we had a lot of fun in that band but that band had a had a violent end. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, Pete, Pete Joe, the, the ex member of Creepoid, and he was in that in the G also. It was uh-huh. Like old, I grew up with Pete. I've been playing in bands with him since I was like fourteen. But Pete uh, has got real crazy one night at a show and uh, smashed a pint glass on the other guitar player's face and like slashed him. So, oh my like, god, I guess you're out of the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so, kind of, it's pretty brave that Sean was in a band with Pete, yeah, considering he never got, he never got, got slashed. slashed. So, a couple I, fist fights, yeah, a couple fist fights, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't see Sean in a fist fight. Oh, Dude, well, me and it's Sean, not good. <laughs> me and Sean used to go at it, like, really. Oh my god, but yeah. respectfully. 
I mean, uh, if, if, yeah, I guess a fair one's the best way to put it because no one's jumping in. That's for sure. It's just the two of us. But you know, we've been we Sean and I have known each other since the fifth grade. So it's kind of like, but, we, but the funny thing, we've never played in a band together until Creepoid. It's the first band we've ever done together, and that's not until we're like late twenties or something. Like Sean was in always in other bands, and the, like my bands would play with Sean's bands, and like vice versa, and like. I even went as far as like went to a studio with one of his bands and helped him like produce a record and did backup vocals, but I've never like been in one of those things. So it was funny. We're like, man, we fucked up. We should have been doing this like a really long time ago. Like you and I actually have a thing. Do you think it's possible to like know someone since fifth grade, let's say Mm -hmm. like the old, the person that I know the longest I've known since seventh grade. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's still difficult for me to look at her and not think of her as 12 years old. Oh, totally. No, no. I, you should yeah. hear the conversation Sean and I have. You, Anna could count how many times I call him a nerd while we talk to each other. It's like ridiculous. Like, they tried to, they're like, you don't understand what he was like in high school. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, like, like you, you can't let go of those first right images. Now, but yeah. like, oh, man. But yeah, I think I do that with, with you. I think. Oh, yeah. Totally. Because I think of Pat with his backwards haircut. What's this a way. I was super the hair mod. went this way. Oh, I, was, way. I was way mad. Oh, and man. me and my girlfriends were always like, oh, that's that kid with the backwards haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and we make fun of him. You were talking about me. That's yeah. all I wanted to say. <laughs> that was the way I looked at things. You know? <laughs> like, I think that's true. Like You have that memory of first seeing the person. It just mm-hmm. sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I don't remember ever meeting Jonah. When did we meet? When did we meet? Like... I don't know, man. I mean, I guess probably through Trevor when you were doing oh. anti-matter stuff, maybe. No, that long? No. I don't <laughs> think I've known you that long. You don't? I think so. <laughs> maybe maybe when no you memory. interviewed me for that Thursday documentary. Oh, uh, that might have been. No, because I, I had known you enough to make fun of the shorts you were wearing that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a level of familiarity. You wouldn't have had to know me that well to make fun of those shorts. I recently got another pair of shorts where like, someone came up and they're like, dude, seriously? I'm like, they're shorts. Like, and they're like, but they're like, short. They're yeah. so short and they have like palm trees on them. Oh, man. I like it. Yeah. I mean, they were like practically underwear. I was like, what are you doing? I like, shorts that look like, I like shorts that look like bathing suits. <laughs> <laughs> just my thing what kind of shorts do you like well we're not Pat doesn't let us he gets mad if we wear shorts on stage no, you can't do that on stage yeah, can't, that doesn't yeah. happen shorts no shorts on even stage. if it's super hot no, okay let's do this we've actually we, we've talked about this with other bands I think when I've when I've guest hosted but this is a good I think this is a good topic what mm. are the rules of being in Creepwood mm. every band has rules yeah. whether you like it or not uh, you guys regularly get drug tested. We, <laughs> <laughs> no, we we have we have like we definitely have rules. I mean, one that we yell at people about all the time is like, you know, if you're driving, like you don't get off the highway unless you can see the destination mm-hmm. from the highway. Like, yeah. I don't want because so many times I've been like, I'm going to go to the gas station. And you pull off, it's like twenty miles to the left. <laughs> and you're like, and Nick just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so oh, that's sorry. a rule. We have that rule. Um, that's a good rule. We have the uh, if we're getting Taco Bell, everyone's getting Taco Bell because <laughs> we still have all these Taco Bell food cards. You know, so it's a it's a rare occasion now. Actually, last time we used it, we we bought a hundred tacos and brought them to a show and just gave them out to kids and that was <laughs> they were so happy have you tried the breakfast yet no, no. and i won't sean I wants can't. to what's but... the breakfast 
They have it's like, like Taco Bell's tacos. breakfast tacos now. Oh, it's not something crazy. No. Like, uh, oh yeah, no, it's like Cheeto. It's a egg waffle. Biscuit. There's like a waffle <laughs> taco. It's just a waffle folded in half, full of crap. Like, you know, that like, sounds awesome. It's, it's, it looks rough, man. Like I don't know. Like, but I mean, if you're gonna, depending where you are in the country, if your choice is Taco Bell or Waffle House. I won't go to Waffle House. Really? One time, one time we were on tour and my little brother was roading for us and he doesn't ride with us anymore because he, he started having kids and serious job and all that stuff. But he he's a maniac. He's like just a totally wild kid that loves hardcore and he's just like a nut. And uh, we went to a Waffle, he went to a Waffle House. We were outside and the person took so long to get to him that he, he waited it out. And when, he, when they got to him, he was like, all right, what do you want? And he goes, actually... I was just waiting to tell you how fucking horrible your service is and how you <laughs> like, like flipped the table over and like, like screamed what? at them and then was like, yeah, guy. it was like, that's all I have to say. And just like walked outside and it's like, you waited in there for an hour to freak out on the guy and he's like, I feel a lot better. Like, I was just like, oh my God. Like, yeah, so Waffle House, we but avoid Pat, them. So I've don't never, really eat breakfast. I'm I've not never a breakfast that. guy. That's yeah. not a breakfast. I'm a sandwich so lunch guy. Yeah. I saw a girl come out of the subway yesterday with this Waffle House um, like parody t-shirt from like, I'm assuming it was a band. I don't remember what the band name was, yeah. but in the cursive underneath it, it was like Tennessee's Hot Fried Emo or something oh, like man. that. And I was like, I have to hear this band. Oh, <laughs> and I forgot who it was. Hot, Hot Fried Emo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure they're amazing. Yeah, they're probably great. You're rolling your eyes. <laughs> You're going to be like fucking at their feet Well, I mean, soon. anyone that tries to act like they eat Waffle House on tour obviously doesn't go out on tour long enough. They're like, they do like a week and they're like, that was great. My stomach's fucked right now. Like, we go out for like months at a time. Like, I would literally die. Like, something like really bad would happen to me. I think my, my entire constitution changes on tour. Because oh, yeah. I'm yeah. able to eat just anything oh yeah and no we we actually try to eat well like sean likes to like work out and stuff when he's in the van so in he, the van oh yeah he gets like How? as soon as we get in the van sean gets in the same gym shorts he wears every day and takes his shirt off i feel like i'm hanging out with henry rollins like <laughs> constantly and he's just like in the back seat like all right what's up like trying to do weird push-ups <laughs> and, like, and stretches and everything like wow. it's really funny and when he drives he like puts his feet up all crazy and like when just get dry oh, yeah yeah he i think that's part of it is like trying to stay awake oh, <laughs> Try, right, you know what i mean right. like he'll start maneuvering his body in weird ways yeah because we did some crazy drives this year like when we played psych fest sean had a broken arm and we like he oh right sean fell down a flight of stairs drunk and broke his arm at like a week before we had to go on tour <laughs> well so. sean's a serial like climber he likes to climb things when he's drunk and he always it always gets yeah, him in like trouble. years before that he jumped out of a tree and shattered his heel oh. <laughs> and, and i had to carry so, him to the van oh. so when he called we were supposed to do our taxes as a band okay. and he called us up and he's like oh yeah had a rough night last night he texted me and said Tripped he on tripped a dog on a dog bone, bone and fell, fell down, down some stairs. stairs. I went, that sounds to me like he was climbing. If I know my Sean Miller, yeah. I would bet he was climbing. Yeah. So he gets in the car. We're on our way to the he tax man. Rough, and he too. did not look good. And he's, in, he's like holding his arm like this. He gets in the van and sits down. He's got his coffee, but he's not drinking it. He was so definitely drunk, too, because he, he was saying joke. He was laughing yeah, and everybody like, was laughing at his jokes. And like, I was like, do you want to go to the hospital? You know? He's like, no, let's just. 
Get the taxes done. Get the taxes done. <laughs> Sean, first. you know, <laughs> finances I'll go to, first. I'll go look into it. So we go to get out. He was talking about going to like a minute clinic. I turn <laughs> around. Oh. I just see Sean pass out on our car. Oh. Like body slam. <laughs> he, head rolls back. He didn't hit the ground. I caught his he head. He fell on the car. No, and I caught him when he was going off the car. So I throw him in the car. <laughs> and I he wakes trying. up, <laughs> comes to in the car. Where are we going? No, he like, woke up going, I lied. Yeah, we, I told lied. Him, we told him we're taking him to the ER. And he was yeah. like, I got to tell you guys something. I lied. I lied. <laughs> I was climbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, we are we very know aware. We climbing. He's like, also, I hit my head hit my pretty head. bad. And <laughs> like, look. His, his head's still bleeding. His, his bleeding spot oh my god! On his head, we're like, man, what why did fuck? you tell us this? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we, so we, did he sleep like that? Yes. The night before? So he, my cousins he slept with a broken arm and he, his head bleeding. Oh. My cousins are rugby players, and like Sean lived with them in high school and stuff, <laughs> and they're like crazy maniac brothers, you know. And they have a house together. They're bartenders, you know. And Sean tells me after the fact, like, we're at the hospital waiting. He's like, so, Chris, um, when I knocked myself out and woke up on the steps, he uh, saran wrapped ice around my arm and put a hoodie on me and told me to go to <laughs> sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> so go I was like, sleep. you could have died, man. He's like, yeah, I wasn't thinking about well, that. He was like, so oh, delirious God. when we pulled up to the ER because we knew we wouldn't be able to walk in. We were trying to get as close as we could. So we're trying to, like... Tell the guy we need a wheelchair to get him out. This woman comes <laughs> no. out to the car. Can you give me a ride to Acme? Can you give me a ride to the Acme? And Sean's going, give her, give a, her ride. a ride. I'm good. Give her out. I'm good. <laughs> he's like, he's like, why don't you just help this lady out? Wow. I, I had to tell. I had to turn and around. He's going, and he's going, don't let them shave my head. <laughs> don't let them shave my head. <laughs> there, we want him in there. He was yelling, don't let them shave my head. Because that would have canceled the tour. Yeah, yeah. that would have yeah. been over. Yeah, yeah. yeah would have yeah. been over. Or we would have performed as the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah, we joked about that. We would have just showed up and all, I would have had a ponytail and we would have yeah. all been in costume. Like, Either turtleneck right. would have been like, like, totally. But no, uh, he, so we hired this kid to like fill in as a guitar as player. Guitar. So pretty much like this young kid is standing next behind Sean's equipment with me in the dark, getting blasted with fog every night. And Sean's up there with a lap steel and a full arm cast that goes from his elbow all, <laughs> it, all the way to his steel. armpit. A wow. guitar on a, on a keyboard stand. <laughs> what it was. That's, that's what we real. referred to it. It was that not is. a lap steel. <laughs> the sounds we were getting from that. That's a thing. lap steal in certain neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so, kind of like work. a slide. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he got like a he new, raised, he got raised the nut, okay. and like, he had it all set up like that. So it was, it was like the ghetto version. It's yeah, like yeah. buy this one nut, and you can just totally change everything about your guitar. But no, uh, this kid, he's like terrified the whole time. Every couple days on tour, because he's never toured before. He's like, so that that last day, are we really driving from Austin straight to Philadelphia? And I was like, dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we got to get on a plane. We got to get on an airplane and go <laughs> yeah. to England like the next day. And Sean's like, got to get his going, cast cut off. <laughs> yeah, like, Sean's got to get his cast cut off at 8 a.m. And at 10 p.m., we're going to be on a flight to London. So, like, he kept asking, like, everybody's like, Oh, are we gonna like stop and take like rests and stuff? Like, no, we're gonna ro rotate seats rest? and drive no, straight no there. Like, what are you talking about? So it went down. We we waited and we watched thirteen floor elevators play. And as soon as they got done, we got in the van at like midnight and drove straight to Philadelphia. And th this kid, he like didn't drive like rarely ever and like we did i did like 14 hours on that drive we did it was like a 30 something hour drive that Jesus, time because like everything yeah, went rough. down 
And, and he finally, well, we get to Pennsylvania. We hit the Pennsylvania border. So yeah. we still have like six hours to go. It's like probably like 1 a.m., yeah. 2 a.m. And Sean's driving and he's doing his leg maneuvering. Like crazy. He's things. barely wearing clothes. And he's speeding. <laughs> Sean's a speeder. Like, fast as hell. Goes real fast. Like. And then I, I'm sort of looking. I'm like, you good, man? Like, you all right? I'm good. But I think it was freaking Bill out because he kept being like, <laughs> I could drive, man. Well, he had been just sitting there watching for, for 20-something hours. I could drive. I could take us home. Because he had been sleeping for so long. Like, <laughs> Slept for all day, you know? Yeah, like, already, I can do you that. Know, like, I no, drove. I'm asleep. Me. Nick drove. He's asleep. Like, we're dead so asleep. Finally, you know? Sean's kind of like, I think just to amuse himself, he goes, all right, man, you want to drive? Like, take over. You got this. Like, he pulls over. <laughs> Bill gets in. All right. You know, he's driving. Like half hour later, he's like, "I can't do it anymore, guys." Yeah, he bailed. <laughs> he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I just can't." And like Nick goes, "All right, I got it." Like I, Nick took over. He's like, and, "So okay, wait, and, we're gonna have to stop the story for no, one second." Cool. So. I think it's hubris because I really love the way you specifically have voices for everybody <laughs> in the band. It's amazing. But like, okay, I hear Sean's voice when you do it, but Nick, yeah, you turn him into Batman. Yeah. Yeah. We, all, we yeah. do it to Nick. Yeah. Like yeah. straight up, like it's when he a, says something stupid or like is annoying, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> and, then he, and he's just like, oh. Like we do it to him all the time, but and like so, okay, Anna's so sister. Now, obviously, nobody who's listening—not nobody, but most people who are listening to the podcast don't know what Nick actually sounds like. Well, yeah. <laughs> Nick is like not. Doesn't he's sound a, like Batman he's a nice, at all. quiet guy. <laughs> he has a, he has a very low voice. It's very low. It's very low, and like he talks he starts to talk lower as he Hi, like, how are you? i actually think he has this very like what i would call a sweetheart voice he does yeah, yeah. well that's yeah, he's a sweetheart anna's sister was our tour manager on our last tour and she had to get us all together and be like look no more making fun of nick yeah you guys all hang up on nick and no more voices and then after that we're like making fun of nick right away we're like oh em, well em, my sister emily has like a like, very thick philadelphia accent yeah so like sometimes people can't understand her like, you, need, talks, need, like, <laughs> you need to stop making fun of nick right? when we're we like, were what? on tour with a place to very strangers she would talk to dion the bass player who's from new zealand and she couldn't understand his accent and he couldn't understand her <laughs> accent so they would just be talking and they would just be like Yep. <laughs> I know. And then like, see ya and like walk away. So where but, does it where does it come from? Where does that like the Batman come from? I don't know. That's, he does it. Like he does, does it? Yeah. Like we spend so much time with Nick, you know, like constantly we are together. You know, we yeah. go on so many tours right now and we're around each other, so it's like he does it. I mean, I like, guess it's like, I mean, it's funny. The, I'm thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, every band I've well, been in, we in have voices black. for everybody. Yeah, yeah. He dresses in all black. <laughs> yeah. So he's kind of like. Although I got to say, like, I know that my band members have had voices of me. I don't, I've never heard them. Uh, no, see, we, <laughs> see, that's the thing. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. That's We're why we, yeah, we survive. Be, well, we survive <laughs> that way because a lot of bands that we tour with will have like these little inner band feuds and stuff. And they're like. But you guys like are always getting along and laughing and stuff. I'm like, that's because we are mean as shit to each other. Like, we are <laughs> no, so mean to each other. Like, we don't hold back if we're mad. Yeah, it's all it, you let it all yeah. out. If you're pissed at somebody, you wait till we get in the van, and then you go, "All right, dude," and then it like turns into like a thing. Like, we've been in full on like 
someone's sleeping in the van. Multiple people are sleeping Usually in the van. Pat. Like one time, one time, Anna straight up. We had our own two bed hotel because like no one else wanted to come in the room because we got in such a bad fight. They all slept in the, Well, they drank in the van with the doors open and woke up in the van with the doors open. Like that's how yeah, that went wow. down. Like, Nick's birthday. Yeah, it was Nick's birthday in Fargo. Fargo. <laughs> but no, right. like. We we spend so much time together and we don't hold back, so we just rip on each other. So it's totally like a normal thing. So when like Nick even does the voice himself now, like makes fun <laughs> of himself sometimes and does it, and it's like awesome. We all break out laughing. See, I feel stuff, like but. I couldn't do that in you, Ian, because I feel like we tour so rarely. They'd be like, "Hey, what's up?" It's like, "Why are you making fun of me? I haven't seen you in like six months." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this sucks. Yeah, this is more of like we're <laughs> like, that's all. It? Yeah. Like, yeah. We yeah, joke good to see around, you too, man. Our touring is like we joke around. It's like we're like a platoon in the army. Like the the whole thing doesn't function unless we're all doing our our part because we're such a small like we don't bring a sound person like we don't we're like we're such a small crew that like everybody's like yeah it's we're one unit so it's like when someone eats we all eat when someone sleeps right. we all sleep like you know, it's like <laughs> it's totally like being in the army and like being in like a crew and like luckily Anna and I are both the oldest of our families like and have lots of siblings and stuff and so it's like. We're used to it. I've, you know, my, me and my brothers are like crazy. We did the craziest things when we were kids, and now it's like, oh, I just do the same shit with like Sean Miller. <laughs> and right. Like, we're pretty much brothers. I've known him since fifth grade. So you guys yeah. are on the road so much. It seems like too. Yeah, it's, we did ten months this year, and uh, we drove eighty-five thousand miles, not including UK. what we drove in the UK. Like, so it was uh, since we went full time. Yeah. So last July, we did. 85,000 miles and wow yeah that doesn't even include i guess before that we had a bunch of touring under about that year as well so probably well over that but yeah it's you know i look at it this way like all these bands talk about 90s bands and 90s throwback and 90s music and stuff and it's like well one thing i learned from the 90s is that if you want to be a successful band like you know the jesus lizard you need to tour for six months out of the year and you need at least you know and you need to push your records as hard as you can and you need to play every small club to every big club and you need to bring it as hard as you can every night if there's five people there or if there's like a thousand people there you know what i mean so we all practice that you know being that all of us are come from punk and hardcore and everything you know i mean like i do we, think that's something that's one thing that i, I feel like <clears throat> i've noticed over the years is that like you guys play like places where even I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like just real small town kind of places where I'm like, okay. But, you know, even back when I was more touring, there were places that to me were sort of like, yeah, of course we're going to play in South Carolina. Or we're going to play, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like mm-hmm. states where I'm seeing bands these days just completely skip. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. now it's just like every tour that I look at, every routing is just major market and that's it and mm-hmm. i'm and i feel like even when we were playing these places people were stoked mm-hmm. and they remember you they mm-hmm. support you they're always there for you yeah. and like when we came like when texas came back we obviously couldn't do like a full tour because we all have like right. jobs and yeah. families and things yeah. now but like we tried to play every territory in some centralized location so in the south we played atlanta mm-hmm. and we're like look I'm guessing that people are going to come from other places. And sure enough, they do. those same people yeah. who came to those shows in South Carolina and yeah. Florida and yep. like all those places, Tennessee and like, you know, they came. We talked to them at the show. We hung out like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it was awesome. And that's 
I kind of feel like one thing about what you guys do that I actually really respect because I do feel like those people are going to be loyal to you for like many years to come. I think that's what we learned from Harrisonburg. Yeah, that's Harrisonburg, Virginia, where James Madison University is. They used to do Mac Rock there. Mm -hmm. We went and played Mac Rock one year and the show was like fine. We played at like 7 p.m. at like a small club and and then we were kind of like tired. We had been out really late the night before. So we were like, let's just go back to the hotel and like see what happens. So here we fall asleep, and it's like 2 a.m. Pat gets a call from his buddy who owns a skate shop, and he's like, you guys want to play? Like, we're raging down here. Pat's like, yeah. <laughs> Hangs up the phone, and I'm like, all right, everybody up. Get up. No <laughs> one wanted like, to go. What? He's like, I forced, play I forced show right all now. of like, them to get up and get in the van. Like, we to play a show. Well, he's Pete like, yeah, show, let's go. Pete <laughs> that night was so drunk earlier that he was in the bathtub. No, that was another, that was another year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was when we knew we were playing two sets. Uh, I yeah. knew, so that's yeah. why we put him in the bathtub. Yeah, he had like a six <laughs> back, and he's like, I had to convince there. him. I'm like, Pete, man, you stink. Like, I'm sorry. I was like, I hate to tell you, but like, you, and he's like, really? I'm like, you need to take a bath. But I didn't think he was going to take his beer in the bath. A whole six pack hanging from the nozzle. I hear splashing. I'm like, what are you doing? And there's like splashing around, like yeah. just like splashes. It was so funny. And we took him to the club, but no. <laughs> We went to the this skate the shop. This the first year. Yeah, and we show shop. up and it was like packed. Kids are raging. Like, we're like, should we change our set? Like, and be more like crazy, you know? And we were like, nah, let's just like do our thing, whatever. And kids, like, to this day, when we play Harrisonburg, they're like, I, we fell in love with you guys that night because you just were like ready to party, you know? And like, <laughs> every time we play Harrisonburg, no matter what, like, we sell our, the club out every time. Well, we, it is uh, like, we got banned from a club there, the Blue Nile. We <clears> got, we got banned because the promoter was mad that people shot the whole stage of Silly String at one of the shows the we played while we, while we smashed up night. our equipment. And we didn't know we were banned. And, like, so, like, we're, like, going on the next tour. And we're, like, all right, cool. And we go to, like, hit them up. And they're, like, oh, no, like, you guys are banned. And we're, like, oh, shit. So we're, like, well, <laughs> fuck that. Let's let's just book a house show. And, like, we have been selling out their clubs in that town like crazy. So we're, like, all right. So we book a house show. And the first band didn't even start yet. And there was 200 kids there in the whole yard and the whole house. Oh, and the man. cops showed up and shut down <laughs> the party before there was even music. Wow. So it got moved to another house and we went and we ended up playing at like 4 a.m. And it was like a couple hundred kids trying to get into this house. And it was like the best show. Like So like we did that for a year. Every time we went there, we went back to doing house shows and like pop up stuff, which was always insane. But the club ended up closing. The Blue Nile closed. And a good buddy of ours, who's a photographer that did the cover of uh, the self-titled album, like those photos of us and the photos for Wet, the EP on Graveface. And uh, he bought it and changed it. And now it's called The Golden Pony. And they totally revamped it. And uh, we played the first show there as the opening band, lifting our <laughs> band from, from the, the venue. Sometimes you get banned from a venue and they just forget about it, too. Yeah. yeah. Music Hall Williamsburg. I got banned. He, we, you personally got banned. The the band wasn't. <laughs> he and Sean Miller were banned. I'm cool, and Nick's cool. You guys are the only ones. When we played Dinosaur Junior, I I drank too much and was doing flips off the stage and knocked myself out, and woke up in an ambulance out front and like just totally messing with the paramedics. Like you know, they're like, "How much do you weigh?" He was I was so like, drunk, I came in bucking a quarter. Like, 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 and then they looked at me. They're like. <laughs> it's so funny because I was at that show we were hanging out before and you told me that story yeah. and I was like oh that's funny and then like last song of your set you get in the mic you're like 
yo, we got banned from here, but yeah. we're back, whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, you had to have, like, the last yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had, like, had like, to the stick it to The guy forgot and was, like, being so nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, no, the thing was, he was trying to get me to sign paperwork to, like, so I couldn't sue if I was seriously hurt. Uh-huh. And I don't have to do that. I walked out. I was out there on my own. I was awake. The people in the para- the paramedics were like, he's cool. He's just drunk. Yeah. And like, and like and my wife's standing there like, I'm his wife. He's an idiot. Like, yeah, you know, so like, they know I'm fine. And like, uh, uh, Sean's standing there and the guy's trying to get me signed. And Sean's going outside of the ambulance. You don't have to sign that. You don't have to consent to that. You don't have to consent to that. You don't have to consent to don't, that. Don't, don't do that, Pat. Like, like, all this stuff. So the guy turns around and goes, you're banned to Sean first. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he bans me. But I'm so drunk that I didn't care. I just kept walking in the venue. And <laughs> just having to like come on dude you have to like, go back outside i'm like what's up no like, the best was we pull the van around to to load our gear we open the back and pat goes where's all our gear <laughs> your face you're like, your gear was stolen i'm like it's in the it's club it's they still stole we haven't loaded out yet <laughs> no. okay somebody somebody like stole it. my vans out of the green room that night and it was a converse show so i was all worried i was like nobody did they really steal my vans, vans? <laughs> somebody took them like you know it was a wild night my i lost my cell phone that night and a dude tweeted at us and was like i think i found creepoid's cell phone and i was like hey dude what's up and he mailed it to me like i was, oh, got my wow. phone back I was, nice I was, yeah it was nice Donald jr was so good that night yeah. But yeah, they banned me, and then literally six months later, we got the headline there. So that was Not really cool. six months. <laughs> <laughs> Troxel Pat, time. Pat has some issues Since, with time. Yeah. Troxel time is It moves thing. real fast. It's like, this is mom, too. It's your whole it family. It was so crazy. Six hours later, we yeah. had like Yeah. The next day. Well, I was about Troxel time real quick when you told me, I when I was living in Baltimore, he calls me up. He's like, yeah, we're going to be there soon. We're all going to crash your place. There's other bands. And I'm like, cool. In reality, they're like just leaving Texas. <laughs> like, in nah, we were leaving Asheville, North Carolina. You were I, nowhere I do, near Baltimore. I, I do want to point out that just five seconds ago, I created Pat voice for myself. <laughs> so now I have, I have a Pat yeah, voice. Yeah, there you go. No, you gotta have it. You gotta do it. Sean's is funny when he does it. When he He's, does your voice? Yeah. The problem is I can't do... You, have, you both have it, and Sean very much has that. Uh, yeah. There's some inflection about your A's mm. where like, it's the like, thing? yeah, like <laughs> I have to hear it now, but there's something like, yeah, there's an extra twang <laughs> to your A's. The best is, uh, when I get real drunk, I, my, uh, I can get like real Texas. Like, cause I lived there for a while. Like <laughs> some reason I can get like, like touring with a bunch of 30 year olds that are like serious Texans and like being a Philly kid and moving there at like, 21 and living there until i was like 26 or whatever like i could get that way with them so it was really funny like we would when we did dates with nothing nikki was like you guys start getting all weird and like southern out of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah because pete lived there too so it was like a couple of us were talking like that like it was really funny it's a weird i mean texas philly hybrid this like so i mean with even with the savannah thing or whatever there Mm -hmm. does seem to be some sort of like love affair with the south definitely yeah yeah we i mean the music the you know music is from there (laughs) music Music. (laughs) you know what i mean like it's it's uh it's cool man i mean like when i left philly i was like only into like hardcore and only into punk and stuff like that and when i left austin i was you know listening to like scott walker but you that's also I mean? probably like, like a, an age thing too right? yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of it was also like 
I, I got really into like garage stuff in like garage, the late nineties, you know, and yeah. it was way bigger in the South. So like I was already into like the Oblivions and like 68 comeback and like 68 comeback. I've bought their 45 cause it was on sub pop and I didn't realize it was going to open a whole, you know, love of big star for me, you know what right. I mean? But it did all that like, re- like right at like 22. So it was like, also, like right. the silver. Juice. I feel like that's yeah, a, exactly. That's a, I was tw- 21 yeah. to 22, I think is like a, a really like, like if your taste doesn't evolve at that time, you might you're, be you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, you might be that guy at the party when you're 35. Like, what the fuck does that guy listen to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. but I mean, I, I remember like for me, 21 and 22 was like, I spent all my time at this coffee shop because mm-hmm. I didn't have a job. And I was like, and my friend Josh like worked there and just mm-hmm. gave me free shit. And uh, and we would just listen to records. And he was like, his taste had evolved a lot further than mine at that point. So he was introducing me to a lot of stuff from the 60s. Like, I mean, we were list, like Silver Apples, I remember mm-hmm. it was the first time I heard them. Or like um, Even Love or like things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, then I moved to Chicago the next year. And then that sort of like cemented everything. Because I was already sort of starting to Open. like get into like other things. Like I got into like techno when I was in Germany. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And Chicago just sort of distilled everything. Like because they were just into everything. It was like dub mm-hmm. and techno and like psych and like, you know, just folk and, yeah. you know, all this stuff. And I was just like, by the time I left Chicago, I felt like musically a completely different human being. Like Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's what like. I felt with Texas, you know, yeah. like. That changed me, you know, as soon as I was there, I was like, got turned on to like 13 floor elevators, but then also was turned on to like early butthole surfers and was like, whoa, all right. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I'm into this and like cherubs and like stuff that I was just like, all right, like I can totally like, I love Jesus lizard. So obviously I was going to find out about scratch acid. So it all like Texas did this thing, you know, but at the same time. I also was super into noise. Like, I, I used to perform a lot with, like, a bunch of noise acts. Like, we'd play, like, North Six and stuff, like, back in the day. So it was, like, I think the open-mindedness and raw live energy of, like, noise and, like, punk and stuff made me really open to, like, want to, like, find other things really quick. And, like, you know, Anna and I were going to, like, you know, DJ nights and, like, mod dance nights and stuff back then. It was, like, all soul. So, I mean, right. obviously... I was already open to that too. So it was like, I just needed someone to point me in the right direction. And, uh, you know, a bunch of dudes I met in Texas and the band, the golden boys, they definitely did that for me. So that was really cool. Yeah. Okay. But now the question becomes, you really want to listen to a hardcore record. Mm -hmm. You get in the mood. You're just like, Mm. I want to listen to a hardcore record. What record is it? Oh man. Well, it matters how much of a mood I'm in. Like, I, I obviously love... <laughs> you could, well, I mean, you know, there's there's different types of hardcore for me. Well, you know? I mean, like, but we all sort of think about, like, our type of... Like, when I think of hardcore, for me, like, the records that come to mind are more New York records. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I never think, like, oh, I want to listen to fucking The Adolescents. See, that's funny. Like, I, was, I was thinking the complete opposite. Mine, right. was, mine was, like... I would like to listen to like Monuments of Thieves, His Heroes Gone, and I'd oh, like okay. to listen to uh, the the Carry On record. That record has some of the hardest breakdowns. Like when that came out around the same time as American Nightmare, I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like this is so <laughs> brutal. You know what I mean? Like so, those two records alone, like I loved them. You know, and like I was, you know, growing up in Philly. I mean, I I went to high school with Frail. 
Like mm-hmm. they were all seniors when I was like a sixth grader, you know. So like, <laughs> like the first time hardcore show I ever went, the first show I ever went to was Frail and Chokehold, like in my hometown at like this Cinecid like AV club building where they would dude, like. I love Chokehold, dude. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Like, yeah, it was great. I remember in the pit, someone got a pizza dumped on their head. Like, it was awesome. <laughs> like, it, it was the best. I was like, I was oh, literally, I was, pranks. I was eleven. You know what I mean? Like, and it was crazy. And like, Frail lived in my neighborhood. So, like, they'd be drying their t shirts on their front lawn, and I'd be like skating down the street, like, what is this? Like, I want in that gang. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever they're doing. So, it was like, for me, when I was coming of age of hardcore and listening to hardcore, those guys were already over hardcore. You right, know what I mean? Right. So, it like, opened my mind up to like, started getting into like Britpop and like right. Blur and like listening to Oasis and stuff. Cause those dudes would be like, don't waste your time with this. Like, you know, and I'm like, all right. Like, literally, I, I was writing letters back and forth to the singer Eric Hammer when I was in high school. And, like, he hit me up and he's like, yo, uh, I got tickets to uh, uh, Radiohead. They're playing at Liberty State Park in front of the Statue of Liberty. And Kid A had just come out. He's like, do you want to go? It's like, yeah. So I went to see Radiohead with Eric Hammer when I was in high school. And it was just like totally like I had ecstasy that night. It was awesome. You know what I mean? Like it rained. I booed the beta band and threw shit at them. Like I had the best time, you know? So it was like, you know, like hardcore. Oh, I like beta band. Yeah. Well, they, they were horrible that night. Like, you know, plus I was ripped. I, you know, but right. no, it's like there's so many different levels of hardcore because I loved all that stuff. But then yeah. I also like, you know, a lot of New York stuff, you know, obviously, you know. You can't not like it. <laughs> right. I mean, it was well, just like you were for in me. That shelter. Was it. So I feel like you must have played with all the classic New York hardcore bands. No? I mean, to me, the classic New York hardcore bands were all broken up by the time yeah. I got yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, no, <laughs> so what era, was, what era were you playing in shelter? Like 92 to 94. Okay. So that was like, you know, like I was at their first show, which was in 1990. Um, and even then, that's like way after. Yeah, like, I guess like 88, me, like, 89 is when a lot of that stuff was dying, right? Or the, well, the, yeah, like the scene had completely died to me, like by like, I don't, I don't want to say died, but it was clear geez. that like it wasn't what it was. No, the renaissances that ha- they happened, like it happened in Philly. <clears throat> right. I went through three of them, you know, like clubs yeah. closed, like shit. Well, happens. see, and that's the thing. It's like, so when I started going to shows like properly, it was probably like 1987. Mm-hmm. And like, that was still when this sort of youth crew happened. But the mm-hmm. bands that I was really like, I mean, I loved the youth crew bands, but the bands that I was like super into were like all the older bands like Kraut and Cause mm-hmm. for Alarm and The Abused and like definitely bands that like, I mean, Cause for Alarm got back together. So I got to see them. Oh, they, but their first reunion actually happened at the Ritz in like 1987 or 88. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that and I was like, oh, awesome. And then Kraut did a reunion and they opened for GBH at the Ritz in like 1989. And we went to that and I was like, fuck yeah. That would have been awesome. Um, But like, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't see fucking Agnostic Front with John Watson or something. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like anything like that. Um, So like, but yeah, by the 90s, the only legendary band that Shelter played with when I was in the band was Seven Seconds, which I was super psyched on. Yeah, Yeah. And I was in Sacramento too. So it was like a super hometown show. Yeah. And like, and Ray like went out and sang a song with them. I can't remember now. But it was that was a great seven seconds, another band that was like one of the first bands I ever saw. Uh was I saw Seven Seconds and Circle Jerks at the old Irving Plaza. And mm-hmm. that was been like the new win tour. So I don't know what year that was, but Yeah, no, I I actually I when Anna and I met going to hardcore shows, uh, I'd always see her around because Anna would always be standing in front of the truck at the Sunday matinees, uh scalping tickets. 
<laughs> I was the face of the operation. Like, you were like, she's selling tickets. She's selling tickets. Like, straight up. Oh, for like somebody. legit scalpers who are like, no, no, like, like or were crew. you actually at Kinko's like making tickets? No, we bought the. Uh, no, her crew would put their money together buy and buy them up. Okay, so these weren't fake tickets. No, they were real tickets. They were real tickets. They were just at elevated prices. Wow. Okay. Like, the line would be wrapped around the block and raining and Anastasia out there, like, Come on, you know you just want these tickets. Just They're like, it. you're destroying the scene. I'm like, yeah, pay up. Buddy, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a job. So how, so let's, let's, let's get into this. Let's turn this into a Freakonomics podcast for a second. What are the, what are the economics of scalping? Like, so how much? Depends. What do you think on, your, what were your margins? What do you think your best, like, what was your best sell? depend on the band. What was your best sell? Uh, the Modest Mouse thing? Uh, no, I think the Get Up Kids. Yeah. When the Get Up Kids came back, because the Get Up Kids had this like very legendary show in Philly. Oh, that like, show was so much. I was there. Who else played? At, at the drive in open. At the drive in. Dri- it was at the First Unitarian Church, and during the Get Up Kids set, like someone smashed a bottle on a, on a woman's super face. Super violent. Oh, so the yeah. Get Up Kids said they were never going to come back, basically. And then they did come back, but they played like the truck, like a legitimate, right. like that's not going to happen. And they made t-shirts with brass knuckles yeah. on. Yeah, so when they came back, people were like really, really stoked. So like me and my partner were like, well, we got to hit this, you know, hard. So, like, <laughs> we have to take advantage of all, like, all these kids' enthusiasm to see this band, obviously. Because <laughs> I mean, at that point, I mean, we'd like you went to every show all yeah, the time. Yeah, we were teenagers. You know what I mean? We it wasn't Every as night we were at a show, you know? I, was, I think I was in high school, like senior in high school, I guess. And so, yeah, that night, I mean, we made we made a lot of money because people were really excited, and if they were like, "It's your, you're gonna raise it now, and nobody can see these bands," you know, <laughs> like people would say all kinds of things. I'm like, yeah. "Do you want to see this band?" So how like, how regularly would you do this? Pretty regularly. I That's mean, so. Like, whenever I'm... a show, whenever there was a show we thought was going to sell out, we right. would do it. You oh, know, yeah. like. Reggie in the full effect, or like some, you know what I mean, like some band that, the, that people uh, were like real. The best on. one was the funniest one was when uh, Snapcase, Good Riddance, yeah. AFI, and the and uh, uh, Kid Dynamite played at the truck and it was like one of those Sunday shows and yeah. AFI was like real early in the bills before they went full on like makeup goth mm-hmm. and. Uh, Davey Havoc was in the crowd during Snapcase and got knocked out, like spin kicked to the head and oh, knocked shit. out, and they shine the spotlight down <laughs> on him. Like after the sun, he's like totally like knocked out on the ground, and people had to come get him and stuff. Oh, my God. And that's why uh, when they end up doing this music video of like dudes moshing, like with no crowd and stuff that's all oh, philly kids AFI, right? yeah, yeah. That's, yeah they're all that. philly yeah. dudes all philly and they kids. flew them all out to be in this video Nikki, he was like yeah nikki yeah. from nothing's in the video wow. but they were like we only want the hardest dudes, want, want the <laughs> real dudes. <laughs> like, real like, i got knocked out of that show like but yeah you uh, i'm pretty sure you guys are selling tickets for that one too that was a good yeah, one yeah maybe i don't know now someone's telling me now if you want to go to a show and it's sold out like you can update stuff on StubHub live mm. or whatever and he oh, was wow. like when the show's starting or five minutes before, yep. everyone will drop their prices super low because oh, they yeah. just want to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Although, was that... No, I was just thinking about, like, because what show was that where Trevor got jacked before the show? Like, he bought tickets. I think he didn't buy from StubHub and he regretted it because he wound up paying someone on the street. And then yeah. they were like, Ooh, yeah, shady. these tickets are totally fake. Yeah. Oh. That happened to Carla from Loveco when Mars Volta's first tour, they came to, like, <laughs> I can't Roseland or something, and yeah, yeah. like she was like, they're like, no, these are fake. Yeah, I mean, so why do you think Philly 
has like such a reputation for being shady. Because it is. <laughs> this is like the whole so then podcast. the question is, why is Philly shady? <laughs> we did a podcast with Matt Pond, yeah. and that was like, we talked about shady Philly for like well, a month the, Honestly, the real reason is, uh, it goes all the way down to like, you know, the, the motto of Philadelphia, you know, and it's city of brotherly love. Brother love. Yeah, because the definition of it is, we love our brothers and fuck everybody else. I think but, they're. But, like, what about, but it seems like you're shady with each other. It's not like. Oh, yeah, you, brothers fight. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of it is like being in the shadow of New York and like being like, we're a city too, goddammit. You know what I mean? Like, we'll do some no, fucked up shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> you don't know what goes on here, you know? Like, right. I don't know. There's definitely a lot of, a lot of shady stuff. There's like something a good in friend the water. of ours. Um, his dad or his grandfather, I guess, lived like two complete, two completely like separate lives. One North in Philly, North Philly and one in South, South Philly. <laughs> and he had a wife and, and a family no. in both. He named his first son the same name <gasps> of both families. Yeah. Oh and God. the only reason they found out about each other is just one identity thieved the other because the they had the same like name the and like oh, stole his know? credit and shit. Yeah. yeah, so that's like some Philly, <laughs> that's some Philly shit. like normal <laughs> ass shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. what? I got <laughs> Life, I got a problem. <laughs> like, you know, like I want Italian, I go to this one. I want Irish, I go to this one. You know, wow. like, just like, Poof, all right. It's like, mm. wow. I I missed it so much though when I wasn't living there. Like when I, we were in Savannah, we'd go somewhere and people would be like, oh, be careful in that neighborhood. Like, shady, and we'd be like, looks fine to me. Like walking around, <laughs> like looks like home. Yeah. Like, oh, I forgot you're from Philly. Okay, like. I mean, what's funny is like your house in Savannah, like it was so beautiful, but at the same time it, it needed work, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it still looked like you, you know, we, I remember John and I, we were walking down the block looking for it. Or actually we, did we ride bikes to your house? No, I, I picked you up. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. There was something where I was like, we were driving or something, or maybe it was like during the day. And I just feel like there was like this, this time where we were looking at the block and being like, Damn, man, <laughs> this block is sick. Yeah, baller. But then, like, your house was sort of a little like punk housey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the 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 landlord, the whole one of the things that helped us move into Savannah is this man down there. Is his name's Ramsey, and he's a great friend of ours. He's in his sixties, like Detroit guy, biker, old biker guy, like loves punk rock like super into like cleveland's like the pagan like pagans are like one of his favorite bands and like the stooges and stuff when i met him he owns properties and houses down there and he was like i have the perfect place for you and it's like he bought the house in the early 80s and it was like all crack in that neighborhood and he's like wow. i don't want to restore that neighborhood it was like bad it was bad back then but he didn't want to restore it he wanted he wanted it to be like as is and the, since there's no basements down there they just hook up air conditioning units on the floor and everything but in that house after the civil war um these german workers came down to like rebuild the south because they burned it all down and these guys who stayed in our house in the one room wrote graffiti on the wall and it said uh hard times no money for beer and had their initials and said philadelphia pennsylvania on it <laughs> and here the work crew was from philadelphia that moved there and were in the house so he was like I, and to him he's like i have the house for you like, this is the <laughs> one you're supposed to live in and we're like all right man like but no it was like it was cool like that place has like crazy messed up ghost stories with it like the ghost tour that goes around town like the hearse people ride in 
comes by our house. Like we sit on the porch and we're like, hey, like, we're not, like you know, they're like. We tried and, to convince Nick to to get a job driving them yeah. <laughs> in between doors. Like, Come on, Nick, you'd be perfect, perfect. driving the hearse around. Like, oh, you're actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if he house. talks like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome no. to the haunted house tour. <laughs> great. Because the story is the the man who built our house was like a tugboat captain, and he died. The year it was finished being built, two weeks. The two, yeah, two, two weeks, weeks after he, it was his, done his being built, sank. and so okay. his wife wow. lived they in the house the, yeah. forever until she was like ninety-five. Yeah, I think. And but she, yeah, they she laid the body out, out like in, in the, the house, house for a while, and like but, <laughs> you guys uh, are like in stereo. It's <laughs> it's crazy. Like she, when Ramsey bought the house, he got a call and he's like, "Yo." They're like, someone stole your front doors off your house. You need to come down here. So he went down there and went into the house and tripped over a dead body. And uh, uh, a local prostitute was murdered and stuffed under the steps. Her name was Ducky. Ducky. And uh, Ramsey found the body. And they're like, you know, the door, the brass doors are gone now and all that stuff. So years go on. He's building the house and fixing it. Finally, someone came to, to to give him an okay from the historic society. Like this house is like cool for what it is. And it's, it's official, like, you know, and the dude was like, oh, uh, too bad about your doors. Uh, but you know how, you know, you know where you can get the mock. And he's like, what? The woman who lived there. Love that house so much that the front doors are engraved on her tombstone in oh, the graveyard at Forsyth Park right there, like downtown, like the crazy famous graveyard, you know? So Ramsey went down there and like has pictures of like the front doors of what they're supposed to look like and all that stuff. Like the place is like wow. weird. Like yeah. I loved it. I lo- It was so creepy living there. Like mm-hmm. it was cool. But so the person who died, was she murdered? Yes. Yeah. She was yeah. murdered. Yeah, okay. she was murdered. Yeah. So that's nice. supposedly so. one of the other ghosts that was there. Yeah. <laughs> but I never had any encounter with ghosts. Sean and Katie claim that they heard some screams and like clawing and stuff. I mean, you got to figure like someone's probably died in every house, yeah, right? Definitely. There's no ghost in that house. I ate acid in that house the day before we went on tour and like... <laughs> If there were God, ghosts, they would have <laughs> get me. Yeah, like like that I, was a perfect opportunity for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they usually like to sneak on in. Why well, I, I used to be a show. Well, I was I, so I was beyond <laughs> livid because like we were leaving for like three months of tour. <laughs> the next day, and everybody in my house is on acid, but me. I was and like, Nick, oh, Nick when? Oh yeah, any. Nick didn't do it either. And I'm like, when did you guys all decide to do acid? Like, well, we just had it, so we can't take it with us. So I'm like, we have can't to do laundry. We have to pack. We have to clean up. It's like, ah, oh, well, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we're all on acid now. Can't take it back. And like, I couldn't find Pat because I was like mad and just, well, fuck him. And then. I finally like wandering around the house and I peek into our bedroom and all the lights are out and he's in bed like wrapped in a blanket like stroking our cat and I'm like are you okay he's like there's mosquitoes <laughs> and he's like trouble is keeping the mosquitoes away trouble was straight up our cat swatting them and like batting them down like I was like whoa watching it in like slow motion it was awesome but Sean no. and Katie destroyed their bed because it, it was like they had put bed bug wrapper on their bed like as a precaution in Philly because they had a scare so they had uh, kept it on so now when they're on acid they're like peeling the plastic away <laughs> like rough throwing it in there I'm just like wandering from room to room like what the fuck is going on like all pissed yeah yeah so they would have got us I would have yeah the ghost would have came they, had they would have came then seen your vulnerable, yeah. vulnerability <laughs> I don't believe in ghosts yeah I don't believe in ghosts I don't believe in ghosts either I don't want to. Do you have a ghost story, Jonah? <laughs> well, not when I lived with Arturo, that place, like, pe- two 
two people thought was haunted by mm-hmm. the ghost of Didi Ramon because Didi used to live there. Whoa. Yeah. And stayed there a lot. And, Wait, uh, when did Didi die? Didi died. What is that? 99? Yeah, yeah. A while ago. Wow, is it that long ago? Yeah, man. Yeah, so, I think a while. So, supposedly this place was haunted by Didi, but I never had that experience. But my roommate, who I subletting from, was like, I don't believe in ghosts until I moved in here. Yeah. So what's he do? Is he like eat his food and like play his records? Or well, it's weird. Shit? Is everybody, <laughs> our, 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 our Turo didn't really. Be, our Turo sort of believed in it. Turned the goddamn record player off. We did a podcast. Why is Chinese rocks on again? <laughs> what the hell is going on here? It sounded like he was kind of like a pervy ghost because like, uh, oh, cause, like I it was that. always women where like I was changing. Yeah, what if he's Diddy King ghost and he's got like the chain and the sneakers and shit? Like, oh, dude, I forgot about that. Diddy King. Oh man, oh, Diddy King. I had that tape. Yeah. What if it's <laughs> The ghost of D.D. King. That would be the best. Like, that would be the best. Be, what was, be the, what best was the big D.D. King single? Oh, I forget what it was, but it was so slow. He was like, oh slow rap. Yeah, <laughs> this awesome. is something like... Taking his time. I'm going to wish Just taking his time, man. <laughs> but yeah, I don't... I feel like you guys must have, at some point, had a lot of fights about, like, why did you do this super irresponsible thing the day before we have to leave for a really long time? <laughs> We, yeah, I mean, we just told you about Sean breaking his arm. Yeah. And like, you know, like, I don't think the, I was that mad, but it was just like annoying. Yeah. It was just like, all right, I guess I'm packing the Well, bag. It's, all, it's like we played at CMJ. I last would rather year. they do acid at home than on stage <laughs> Which we've in front of thousands of people. That sounds like a, that sounds when like I'm a weird thing. I'm the only like, one playing yo, my instrument and I turn around Walter, and I just see Sean drop his guitar on the ground oh, oh, that, for the yeah. 30th time. Yeah, that was a rough one. We played on 4th of July in Florida and they all did acid and it was just like everyone was there and like happy to see us and then we played and they were like, see that's like the worst bye. <laughs> you guys aren't playing your instruments. So he, he was wearing all camo gear that he bought at a thrift shop and there were showing showing our music video behind us and he was playing and he looked up and he's like how come those confused. clothes aren't what i'm wearing he thought that was like what was happening to him but it was a video already shot so he stopped playing and is like just looking like, at this video we're like what the fuck dude like it, it and sean was, just kept dropping his guitar <laughs> yeah, on the no, ground uh last cmj we played at death by audio with uh proto martyr and we all ate mushrooms before the show, like literally like 20 minutes before we went on. We're like, all right, perfect time to eat these mushrooms now. <laughs> like we're going to eat them and they'll kick in right when we're going on. So we're playing and it did. I like got the sweat, like two songs in. I'm just like, oh, here it is. Everything's getting super bright. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I look at Miller and he's giving me the side eye like, yo, like I'm like, all right. And Nikki at one point ripped his guitar strings off like held his guitar up in front of him ripped all his strings off and he told me afterwards that he felt like he ripped in and tore his guitar's soul out (laughs) (laughs) like he was legit told me that he had to go for a walk after that set but i destroyed all the equipment after the show like we smashed everything on stage and i realized death by audio doesn't have like any way to get out and it's packed and i'm tripping my face off so walter sheffels pops out of nowhere and he's like yo what's up i'm like yo i'm tripping and i can't clean this up he's like i got you packed all my drums up for me wow. like, like legit helped me carry all my shit out like walter was like my angel that night he's like oh that's cool man all right yeah no worries like, it, that was the best show though we we killed it like, yeah that was the best show we ever played on drugs Punch in the face. Yo, yo, yo. Crazy podcast. Thank you so much to Pat and Anna for coming by. Um, Creepoid are always 
on tour. They tour so much, so you should go to their website, and when they come to your town, which they will, you should go see them because they're incredible live band. If Jonah says it, it's true. It's true. Jonah, have you been punched in the face? No, I was just actually thinking about this. I don't think I've ever been punched in the face. Mm. And I feel sort of like... You've never been in the service industry. You've never been punched in the face. Those two things go hand in hand. Yeah, you got to pick one. I've lived a pretty dude. sheltered life, I guess. Yeah. You've been punched in the face? I can't believe you're so... Brad, you've been punched in the face? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? No, I feel like... <laughs> I, didn't, I never was really... I've never been in really many, if any, fights, really. But I did have... My best friend punched me in the face one oh, yeah. time when I was kind of being a dick. Yeah, I had that. Knocked yeah. me down. Knocked me... Oh, yeah. Kind of yeah. knocked me out. I think the problem is that I'm so intimidating that no one really steps to me. Yeah, well... That's true. So... That makes sense. It's true. There's an aura of don't fuck with yeah. from the bear. No, I yeah. would, that's the first thing I think of. Yeah. I think, yeah. My, our, our, the old don't di- let this small sweater fool you. <laughs> the, uh, the, the old director of, uh, of the Untitled Rock Show, who now does The Tonight Show and was nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> nice one, Dave Diametti. Uh, it was awesome. Freaked me out when I, saw, I was watching the Emmy. I'm like, it's Dave. Well <laughs> done. Like Dave DM Emmy. Yeah, where he didn't win. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, I got punched in the face on TV and, uh, they had to like cut, they didn't even have time to cut commercial stage manager had to jump in and do the rest of the, the bit before I came back. He's now stage manager for Seth Meyers, Steve. Um, and, uh, it was was someone in the audience. Someone in the audience. No way. Yeah. I forgot about that. Kid was crazy. I feel actually very bad for him. He was very mentally disturbed. Oh. Um, he thought like the female co-host was his girlfriend. He was there. And I thought he was like some weird kid. And I was like, come here, give me a hug, which I used to do to kids. And I went for it. And before I could hug him, he clocked me. <laughs> what Did it air? Kind of rightfully so. <laughs> Teach you a lesson. You know what I mean? Who did the it, fuck are you going to hug? Was it on the show? Oh, yeah, it aired. Yeah, yeah, and, and but And the the sad part for him is that immediately, like... All the local one dudes who oh, were I'm like sure. my friends sure. like tore this kid apart. Uh, like like uh, tossed him. They came back and said, We got him out of the studio. He might not his head might not have cleared the doorway on the way out. Oh, and I was like, Oh my god. I got, I got shoved by a kid like that on Warp Tour one year while I was doing a signing and me and everyone from every booth, like Vans, Epitaph Chase's kid, pulled him down and it was a signing with from first to last. So it was Sonny. <laughs> Skrillex dude is like sitting there and he was like probably like sixteen was just like I was like, hold on a second. And he chased this kid down. And then we went into this room and they were like, do you want to press charges? And I was like, no. And this cop was like, sit down. The kid's like, no. It's like, sit down. No. Cop just like sweeps the kid's legs. I was like, okay, I guess you're going to sit down. <laughs> but yeah, it was like one of those weird situations yeah. where you're just like, you, you're like, I just want this person just to not be here. Just go away. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to like make their life worse. No, yeah, exactly. And with poor Skrillex. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Didn't want him to have to see that. No. He was just a kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, I just spilled coffee all over my oh, phone. No! And your phone. Ugh. All right, let's get this over with. So all right, let's get this up. over with. Thanks to Pat and Anna from Creepoid. You guys are the best. Uh, check them out. Donate. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out. Goingoftrack.com. Yes. Subscribe. Thank you to all the people who have been donating. I get a donation at least once a week. Nice. Thank you. We love you for that. Yeah, we love you for being cool. So we'll be back next Wednesday. Uh, talk to you then. Even on a budget, 
Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.